When we look out at culture and we look out at the world, we recognize that there's an imbalance. It's time for the feminine energy to rise within us all that doesn't actually lower or diminish or distinguish the grandeur and majesty of the masculine energy, but actually bring things into balance by raising the emphasis and potency of that feminine energy. This is what it means when we say it's time for the goddess to rise. The goddess as an archetype that lives within all of us and lives particularly in Vailana and Blue, who have done the work on the medicine path and sharing their art, their voice, their gifts, and living a life dedicated to both wild, erotic, eros in all of existence and also a life of service. Both of those things go hand in hand. And in this podcast, we talk about this rise of the feminine, this rise of the goddess that we all feel in our bodies and know this is the time. We also talk about Vailana's creation of her new album and film, Goddess Rise and Rise of the Goddess, respectively, and go deep into some intimate and vulnerable stories and experiences from their lives that have shaped them into who they are becoming. So enjoy this unbelievable and very special podcast with two of the most important people in my life, my wife, Ilana, and one of my best friends on the planet, Blue. But before we get started, a word from our sponsors. First up, we have Mudwater. Now, Mudwater is one of my favorite products that are out there in the health and wellness better for you space. It's a coffee alternative. It has four adaptogenic mushrooms. It has cacao, Ayurvedic herbs, and it's really a coffee alternative. It has a fraction of the caffeine of a cup of coffee, but I do like a little bit of caffeine, and Mudwater just hits that sweet spot. It doesn't have a bunch of sugar or anything in there, so if you want to add your own sweetener, you're welcome to, or if you're mixing it in a shake or a warm morning drink like I often do, it's just really a kind of a perfect product, and it's no surprise that Mudwater has done so well as a company because it's just phenomenal, and phenomenal all the way up, all the way down, not only from the quality of ingredients, the flavor profile, and also just the customer service and the ethos of the company itself. I am a huge fan. And again, cacao and chai for mood and a microdose of caffeine. They got lion's mane, which helps with cognitive support and alertness. Cordyceps, which is the flagship ingredient in our product, Shroom Tech Sport from Onnit. It's got chaga and reishi to support your immune system and offer that little bit of calm that comes with the reishi mushroom. Turmeric is also one of those great products for any kind of stiffness or soreness you might be feeling. And cinnamon, which is an ingredient that's very close to my heart, that also has a bunch of antioxidants and actually in high enough amounts can help with blood sugar regulation. I talk about that a bit in my book, Own the Day. So mud water is just one of those things that if you're curious about a coffee alternative and you like making delicious beverages, whether they're smoothies or hot drinks, I highly recommend it. It's Whole30 approved, 100% USDA organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan, kosher certified. It's got all the goods. So go to mudwater.com slash amp. That's M-U-D-W-T-R dot com slash amp. And you can use the code AMPMUD for 15% off your mudwater order. Once again, mudwater.com slash amp. Use code AMPMUD for 15% off. And finally, we have on it. So you are all probably aware of the potency of the new wave of exotic functional nutritional mushrooms that are out there. 
we've been talking about it at on it for over a decade now i mean one of our first formulas that really hit the scene besides alpha brain was shroom tech sport and we identified that cordyceps sinensis could support anybody when they're actually going in high intensity training or altitude training or a variety of different purposes that could help you with oxygen utilization and just help your body function at an optimal level from just a cellular energy perspective. Now, not only can these functional mushrooms provide energy during exercise, they're also extremely supportive for the immune system. That's when we came out with Shroom Tech Immune, a different formula with different strains of mushrooms and also cognitive functions. I mean, there's nutritional mushrooms in our Alpha Brain Black Label for instance, lion's mane. So the Shroom Tech collection brings together all of our mushroom-containing supplements all together in one place. The new Shroom Tech collection brings together a lot of our most popular mushroom-containing supplements all together in one space. So for one week only, you can get 20% off Shroom Tech Sport, 20% off Shroom Tech Immune, or Shroom Tech Greens, our newest product, which combines all of the best in green foods, with these nutritional mushrooms by using the coupon code SHROOM20. So go to onit.com slash Aubrey and then put in the code SHROOM20 and get yourself on the train of some really potent nutritional mushrooms. Once again, onit.com slash Aubrey, code SHROOM20. And now an uninterrupted podcast with Vilana and Blue. Vilana Blue. <laughs> Yay! Here we are. Family. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so we're here podcasting at a very potent time. And mm-hmm. it's a potent time in the collective where there's a long history of momentum of a general suppression of the feminine, not just as it's embodied in women but a suppression of the feminine in general, the knowledge and and value, the uh, epistemological value, the way of knowing through intuition been suppressed and said, no, it's all empirical. Like that's the only way that you can know something, you know, that anthroontology, which is something that, you know, Rabbi Gaffney talks about a lot, this knowing in the body, which is a innate feminine sense that's been suppressed. And, the magical arts, the healing arts, of course, massive suppression over the years. And along with it, and women themselves oppressed for a long time and just held back from the full flowering. And I think what we're seeing in Iran now is actually just a moment where in one of the places where that's been the most extreme, people are done with it time to transition to a new story and the coincidence that you're coming out with an album called goddess rise (laughs) at this time is no coincidence at all (laughs) and actually (laughs) and actually (laughs) the idea of coincidence is in and of itself a suppression of the feminine knowing that there is something else holding us all together Mm. And it's a different type of knowledge than the kind of empirical Newtonian studies Mm -hmm. that have dominated that kind of masculine structured way of knowing. Mm -hmm. 
And so here we are at this time, and it feels like in order for us to move forward, this movement needs to actually rise in a in a in its divine way, in its light way, not in its shadow form, not in an, an against way, but really rise. So to bring our planet back into balance. And we may actually have to go even a little further on the side of the feminine to actually restore balance, a little more on the nurturing side, to restore the balance from being too far out of balance the other way. Like you party too hard and you need a little more rest. Like a pendulum swinging. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But there's a way to do that in a healthy way, and then there's a way to do that in a attacking, anti-way, which is actually just perpetuating the suppression of the feminine as well it's because the, the shadow it's, masculine it's the same polarity on the opposite side of the spectrum right. the whole idea of like fuck men we don't need men like that's <laughs> the same energy on the other side and, and actually doesn't really solve it's actually just anything. the identical same energy just mm -hmm. with a different target mm -hmm. and that's i think what is important to disambiguate is that that is the energy that we're fighting against mm -hmm. is the against energy mm -hmm in general and rather than the celebration mm -hmm. energy which is what we're trying to cultivate and simultaneously you know just speaking to what is happening in iran you know blue and i have been very outspoken about it on our social platforms it, it does feel it does feel like the pendulum swinging aggressively mm -hmm. the opposite way of how it's been for thousands of years and and women are literally willing to die for their freedom. They're putting themselves like right in the line of fire, willing to die for their freedom. And, and I just wanted to speak that to acknowledge the bravery and the courage that takes in, you know, so many women and the men's, the men standing behind them and little girls who are being killed. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a war energy. And also it seems like the way that consciousness works at this time because war is such a prevalent part of our human expression and has been for so long that, you know, it, it almost takes this like divine intervention bomb to kind of like explode and blow things up for something to destroy, for something to, to arise that is different and for us to kind of, you know, allow the, the pendulum to slow down and eventually, you know, swing back to to center. But yes, as you said, um, you know, my, my album is entitled Goddess Rise and the timing of it could not be more aligned, more perfect. I actually wish that it was already out like three weeks ago because it just feels like it is, it is such a, um, just a ripe energy that's happening right now. And, you know, I, I've wanted to really offer the medicine of the music and the visual album as a tool for women to know what to do with this like sacred rage that they feel in their DNA right now as they're watching the atrocities that are happening um, across the world. And uh, however, you know, Goddess Rise is, is my gift for how to work with the energy of fully embodying the full spectrum of who you are which in, which includes and transcends sacred rage and you know very very deep emotions our sacred sexuality like all these elements that have been so repressed in us and we have not been taught how to um 
relate to them in healthy ways and express them in healthy ways. And so the meaning of this project is to ultimately to, to take your power back and to be able to move through this energy and find yourself through the process, through the story. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, there's the external, which is how we actually help the collective structure. But all of that starts with the internal self, you know, like how do we actually liberate the caged feminine within ourself? You mm-hmm. know, like what are the rituals and what are the practices, mm-hmm. you know, that we all do and, and your album has some and I know blue like you also are steeped in this world of practices and rituals and ways to kind mm-hmm. of actually liberate the gifts that can come online and many of your gifts were actually liberated in a circle of women who are offering their medicine and allowed something and held the space that allowed something to rise within you that actually gave you the name blue. This is a little secret you've kept despite our many podcasts together. <laughs> I told him. Now Not a secret, just a mystery that keeps <laughs> unraveling. <laughs> and then, and here we are, but and it's no surprise. Like why would women gathering in a circle be banished unless it was powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Has there ever been anything that was not, that was not powerful that was banned? Mm -hmm. Like, like when was the last flat earth video that was censored? (laughs) Like never, they don't, they can put those up all day, you know, why? Because they're not powerful. They don't have any fucking substance. There's nothing real about them. So like no censorship necessary. You know what I mean? But like the fact that like women gathered in a circle in their magic has been suppressed. Oh, well, maybe there's something to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of my growth into my truest power, my um, my gifts, my offering to the world, my rage, my grief, my deepest sadness, my ecstatic joy and bliss has been found in the safe space of sisterhood of being sitting with my sisters and being in a position of moving from this narrative of comparison and competition. And that runs really, really, really deep um, within, you know, going back to the witch hunt. If you wanted to save your family, if you wanted to save your family and you wanted to save your life, then you rat out a sister for being a witch. And that will grant you the past to be able to stay alive. And so all of a sudden now, all the women are turning against each other and going, well, this is survival mode for me. I've And you are like, if, if I rat you out, then I'll survive. And so ultimately, we've been turned against each other. And actually, that's where the power lies, is that if we actually can come together in a circle, as opposed to comparing ourselves with each other, but shifting the comparison into inspiration, then as soon as I'm inspired by, Va- by Lana, a part of me that is a similar frequency that she's accessed, but my own unique essence of it gets activated within my being. And so essentially, when we sit in a circle of women that are inspired by each other, that genuinely want the best for each other, that celebrate from the grief to the orgasm and everything in between, then true healing happens. And when women are in their power, we will see a paradigm shift on this planet. And this is what and Deepak Chopra spoke about what's happening in Iran right now is that this is a this is the leading edge of the paradigm shift. This is the Iranian women that are going, you know what? I'd rather risk my life than live the rest of my life like this. 
I'd rather die than have to do this for another day. And so they are the courageous ones that are risking their life, that are at the front edge of this paradigm shift of women going, enough is enough. And that circles back to Vailana's track where she's standing on stage going, enough. Mm. And there's fire and there's women in their fullest expression, all types of body, all ways of expression, all uh, skin tone. And it's like this, this artistic, graceful, deep, rageful, delightful array of the conversation that is happening on the planet through beautiful artistic creation and expression and the timing of it. You did not know I when didn't you know. were this spending the hours and the days. The, the words, most of the words were written like a year ago. Most of the lyrics of the album and the container of the album was written a year to a year and a half ago. So it's like the, as you said, you know, the, the feminine that in some sense has been exiled you know, that has been made that, that, that magical part of us that knows how to deeply listen and to tune in and to anthro on ontologically feel truth in our body, you know, listening to those whispers a year ago, like there is a time that's coming where this message is going to be really important to be heard and listening to that and, and acting on it. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to speak as you were, you know, as you were sharing because i think this this is also a really really important topic is just of the the sister wound like what a great thing to ex incept in the collective to turn women against each other like how fucking brilliant how brilliant to try to control the world by making women separating like separating women. women because uh, same for me you know i i grew up um I had a lot of very toxic relationships as I've, I've spoken about many times. And, and, and in those situations, there was always another woman. There was always some form of betrayal, you know, not really feeling like, well, but she knew we were together and then she slept with him anyways. And then my like anger and resentment and just like kind of this like fuck women feeling and the, uh, defense and protective mechanisms that I developed of like, well, like I've got to be better than all the other women. Then I've got to be the prettiest. I've got to work out the most. I've got to be the best at anything that I put my mind to. And just that like insidious, constant comparison and the result being, I only feel safe if I'm perfect and how shadowy that can become. You know, I actually had the beautiful opportunity with Blue. <laughs> Hello, to, everybody. I to, come here to bring up your jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> but to, ultimately to, for the healing. <laughs> <laughs> but to bring up, you know, like my own, um, that sister wound in me that started to like project and have feelings with you. And um, like what a deep wound that is for women to really unravel. And, you know, I don't for think. People that, for people that like get a, get a flavor of that, it's, you know, there was a part of you that had started to, place your identity complex in your powers as a medicine woman mm -hmm. and knowing how much I valued you as a medicine woman mm -hmm. and then encountering blue who's mm -hmm. just a deeply empowered and powerful medicine woman and I seeing seeing her interact with the containers that we created interact with me in that capacity that that comparison yeah. started to started to come up and 
become the snake that was whispering in your ear. For sure. And my wounding, you know, I'll just go like really honestly here because I I don't like to live my life any differently, even if it, you know, people may judge me for it. Um, Like us being in the container of fit for service and blue, just like being so in her magical power and there being a part of me that's like, fuck yeah, like, of course, like it's blue. Like she should shine her light and share her medicine in this other part of me that's like, but Aubrey asked her to do it. Or, you know, if there's something that's coming up for him, if blue's around, like Aubrey will ask her and and not me and feeling like all of a sudden I'm not worthy or I'm not mm. the same or I'm not his queen or I'm not enough. And, and I really had to face off with that part of myself in, in this ayahuasca sit and get like a big dose of um, medicine and humility from Mama Aya that essentially told me like, if if you're putting this music out into the world, this transmission that, that you, you know, received from the universe that I am, and that's all I ever need to be, here's where you're not living by that. And I had so many just like, just intricately woven insidious tendencies and these like micro moments that I was shown between Blue and I where some part of me would feel not enough or in competition. And then how in some way I was creating unconsciously, mostly unaware, some sense of divisiveness or like just measuring up all the time. And it's like, that's not like loving synergistic energy that just flows between sisters. And like, ultimately, what is that doing? That's really hurting me. And that's not what I stand for. That's not the way that I see the world changing. The visions that I always have when I really drop in is of women standing side by side, holding hands together, saying, enough. We no longer accept to participate in this world in this way. We no longer accept the violation of the feminine We don't need to yell and scream at you and get you to validate us for it. But like we are embodied in our truth. We know who we are and we know what we stand for and we do it together. That's like the vision that I see. And if I am out of integrity with that or any of this music, I'm having constant initiations about it. But ultimately, you know, for for women who can really resonate with that sister wound and how like how much it just creeps into your energy field and how like deadening it is when, you know, I've been through some of my toughest moments creating this, this, this music, the song about sacred rage. And we were here in Sedona and I was in a really, really dark place and really depressed and it was really deeply painful. And the thing that ultimately like really pulled me out of it was I had my sisters here and they gathered around me and they sang to me and they put their hands on me and they just like allowed me to move through all of the emotions without trying to change anything. And it was like, fuck, I needed this so bad. Mm -hmm. And if I'm in competition and alienating the magnificence of a sister because I am not recognizing my own magnificence and my own uniqueness then it's like, it's, it's crippling yourself for how much power and beauty you can have in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing though, like you've got to acknowledge is your willingness to call yourself forward on it instead of sort of like, oh, this is something I'm feeling. I'm just going to put that (laughs) over here and just address it some other time because it's kind of like a little crunchy and it's kind of embarrassing (laughs) to talk about it in front of everyone. It's embarrassing. You're like, hey fam, (laughs) like in, in the circle, you know, the next day you were like, 
So, uh, a lot of stuff came up regarding Blue. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it looked over at me no. and we're like in the circle in front of everyone. And that was when like my respect for you went to a whole new level. Thank you. Because it's not about like what curriculum it is that presents itself. It's about what we do with it that mm. actually really determines the, the strength of character of the individual. Mm. So it's not about judging someone if they're feeling jealous. Mm -hmm. That in itself is actually inherently innocent. Um, what we do with it is essentially, uh, you know, yeah, determines the outcome. And so you basically were like, here's, <sighs> here's what's present. This is what I'm feeling. You actually didn't show, like, throw any shade on me. You just were feeling this own internal experience, presented it to the space and did whatever you could to alchemize it into something beautiful, which ultimately led to a deeper level of intimacy between us, mm -hmm. which has then led to actually us weaving our gifts together mm -hmm. and becoming four times as powerful <laughs> as opposed to us just being on our own, which is yeah. essentially what we're intended to do is that we can't evolve as a species when one person is at the top. It's an outdated model. It's this, this model that actually is crumbling right in front of our eyes because it's got to say that someone has to be the best and the rest of us are just going to sit at the lower part of this model. And it's this, this pyramid structure is is rigid and there's no way there's no way of movement in it because one person sits at the top or one percent whatever you want to call it but actually if we're shifting in from a, a domination model into a dominion model which is a circle everybody puts their two cents into the part and mm -hmm. everybody wins and benefits from this experience and it's a very fluid model there's a lot of energy that can move through it mm -hmm. however we've got to recognize that we need each other we need each other to move forward for a healing for our children, our children's children. Um, but they, we've got to deconstruct the domination model that's in our consciousness, that's in our mm -hmm. psyche, that's been built inside of us, which then leads to being, well, if I'm not the best, I will lose this love. Mm -hmm. But inherently, I am worthy just by birthright. Mm -hmm. So that's the shift that wants to happen. And so whether we are, whether there's the women in Iran that are standing up for their, literally for their life or we're over here in america with a lot of liberation and freedom we're still deconstructing mm -hmm. within our psyche to different degrees of being inherently worthy just by being enough or just by being us and recognizing that in the presence of a sister if i can truly see you as inspiration not competition then i actually receive my own gifts by being in your presence in a whole new way mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just something that we've we've gone through the fire within our own partnership and friendship and sisterhood and ultimately come out through the crunchy and a deeper level of intimacy and also more power in yeah. our medicine power. And and also just the 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 you know as as soon as that ceremony was over, it's not in me to just like hold stuff like I because I will just act awkward and like it's it's not my my way. Like just being able to have the conversation and it being received so graciously, like helped to like dissipate any kind of shame that could have been born from, you know, really under my understanding my shadow on a deeper level, mm -hmm. but feeling just like there, just it being received with so much love and how much that helped me to have so much compassion for myself mm -hmm. um, and and not exiling parts of myself in shame. Like, I was kind of on it, though. I'm like, wow, what a mark is jealous of me. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. something right. You're like, hey, <laughs> shame. But it's, it's uh, <laughs> so true. <laughs> but it's beautiful, like, you know, to just, it's, un it's uncomfortable because it can feel really embarrassing, you know, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like, 
having the willingness to just have the brave conversation and just go right at it and just go right into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like many people would be really inspired by how different it turns out than what they think. Mm-hmm. So the challenge is though, with all of this is that you can't bypass actual competition mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. right? Like this all sounds lovely in, <laughs> in its many ways. And, uh, and it's all wrong. Just and yeah. Um, so you can't entirely bypass that there is a competitive element to life because there is finitude of things that we want. And that could be a person. That could be a guy or a girl, right? And the interesting part is to take this consciousness and also apply it to a world where there is actually still competition. Like still, there may be a new man that enters the circle and there may be a series of available women, hypothetically. And then at that point, there may be, oh shit, multiple people want this new man that enters. And it's like Highlander, like one will, one will succeed. Like there will be only one, maybe, I don't know. Like there's different ways in which, you know, people can interact that can actually kind of break these paradigms. But that's when it really, that's when it really gets put to the test. Cause this was actually the test that you mentioned was actually a very safe test. Cause actually, yeah, I, I asked Blue to, help run a tobacco line across the sand to, because a rattlesnake was coming. There was lots of other things <laughs> over the course of a year. <laughs> Don't try to I'm not trying to me. trivialize it, but fundamentally, I am yours mm-hmm. and you are mine, just mm-hmm. like they said north of the wall in Game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. for real. Like, mm-hmm. I am yours and you are mine. And like, that was that was always the truth, right? So this was like a beautiful way to get reconciled. But when it gets tricky is when there actually is finite resource, which I think is actually the authentic source of competition. Whether it's a game that you set up, you're playing pickleball, there is a winning team or a winning player and a losing player. You know, there's a finite amount of victory that could be available. Now you can transcend that to like, it's for the infinite game of playing and whatever, but we're, we're playing a game of finitude. Mm-hmm. So how would you respond to that bringing this consciousness into a real scenario where there actually is competition because we also know we also know in our bones that competition is also real Mm -hmm. so it's both i okay so using your example that there is a man that has walked into a group where there is multiple available women and multiple women want this one man how i perceive this experience is that of all 8 billion people on the planet, you're going to run into or interconnect with the individual that is specifically aligned with your dharma or karma. Um, And it is very meticulously designed with the people that we find attraction to, Mm -hmm. whether it's for a very short period of time or for a lifetime. And you have curriculum for each other. You have certain ways to burn off your karma in the presence of individuals that you, Mm. you connect with. That does not happen with all the women in the group. So For me personally, I'm not trying to compete with the other woman in the Mm. group because I trust that what is meant for me, there's me, there was nothing I could do to fuck it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That level of trust in the universe, oh, I send it out. So if my sister over there is scrapping away to get the attention of this individual, do all you must. 
that more effort does not mean more results. Mm -hmm. So just recognizing that if I stay in my truth and I stay in my center, that actually as the feminine principle, which is the very thing we're talking about, is that I magnetize to me what is meant for me. Mm -hmm. I do not fight for it. I do not compete for it. That is the masculine. I do not compete for my man to find me. <laughs> I be the fullest expression of myself. And if we go back to the, the essence of the egg and the sperm, the egg does not chase the sperm. The egg is in its fullness. Just as that. The sperm, oh, they competing. <laughs> they're running. They, they, they only got, like, running. They're swimming as fast as they can. There's only one of them that's going to make it. Mm -hmm. The fittest, the fastest, the strongest. But the egg, ah, uh, nah. I just, just going to be in my fullness. Going to be real fertile. <laughs> and whoever's the strongest, you're going to get in. And, <laughs> yeah. and maybe we'll make some life. Yeah. So from my perspective, based off of what we're talking about in the, in, in the feminine principle in women, the power lies in knowing that I don't need to compete with anybody, that I am already whole and complete, and whoever is meant to find me will, based off of my very meticulous karma and his very meticulous karma. And so... Maybe for a moment, he'll connect with someone else, but he'll find the person that he's meant to be with for however long. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I relate to competition in a space when there's hot men flying around because they are in this community. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there's a lot of them and there's a lot of really beautiful women as well. Yeah. And there's also a lot of really deep insecurities and there's also a lot of competition and, and comparison and you can feel it. It's just like, it's subtle, but it sits there. Right behind, like, hey, don't forget about me. It was just us there. And it's, I think it would be naive to say it's just not going to be there. It is in any group it's going to be there, specifically yep. with good-looking, powerful individuals. But there's a notion of a, of, a, of a shift in consciousness that is happening where the competition between women doesn't need to happen when one is rooted in one's own truth. Mm. That's the beautiful explanation of the way out of the paradigm and the way out of the paradigm is into a deeper faith in your own individuality and in deeper trust in the in the kind of hidden mathematics of the universe mm -hmm. as well the deeper trust in shekinah if you will you know the the goddess supreme eros itself the life force that's animating everything and that is the end of competition that's what i ultimately had to come to in my polyamory right which was a highly competitive environment because <laughs> yeah. oh my God. i had a partner i had a partner with many men competing for the love and interests of that partner and many men vying to be the number one you know to kind of take my spot as the primary partner in that and as soon as someone came onto the scene and they had a particular at first when they had a particular skill set that was better than mine you know, there was this desire, like, I got to train up that skill set. <laughs> I got to beat him at his own game. I got to become something different so I can beat him at that. But in every time I would try to do that, I would lose a bit of myself mm -hmm. and I would actually start falling in the actual, the farther I got from myself, the less desirable I became. Mm -hmm. And the more I was losing both internally in my own experience and externally in the response of my partner or partners. You know, so actually, it's a celebration of uniqueness mm -hmm. being the thing 
that transcends <clears throat> competitiveness. The yeah. analogy that I like to think about this is um, like every single person is, is a fruit, right? You're a watermelon, you're a pear, I'm an apple. If I was to sit an apple next to a watermelon and go, God, I wish I was a little bit more like him. Wow, look how large and round and firm he is. I'm so small compared to him. I would completely bypass the magic of the apple. Yeah. The apple is magic because it's an apple, mm -hmm. not because it's trying to be a watermelon. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, if we can actually recognize that everybody's got their own flavor and texture and smell and color, and that's what makes them so profoundly unique, and that's what makes people love apples. Some people hate apples. Some people love apples. Some people don't like watermelon. Some people love watermelon. But the watermelon is just the watermelon. When we can eventually all just truly like become the fullest essence of who we are without trying to compete ourselves with and trying to like be a different than what we are, then we can actually just have a massive fruit pie, you know, like a big fruit <laughs> salad. But like, it's a massive fruit <laughs> salad. Fruit. It tastes delicious. It's delicious because everyone's being themselves together. Yeah. Mm. Now we've got a party. That's and it's <laughs> it's so crucial. I mean, I, I think one of the things that I think is a tragedy of this played out at large is there's this ideal that's in the zeitgeist, in the collective, about what attractiveness looks like. And it's big lips and big boobs and mm. eyes that, you know, go in a certain shape. I don't even know what the surgery is that makes the <laughs> eyes go in that certain shape, but there is one and lots of people are doing it. Really? And then, yeah. Changing your eye shape? Yeah. Like there's all kinds of fucking crazy shit going on <laughs> where there's different actual ways in which people are using surgical interventions to try and meet this singular ideal. And all I see for through my eyes as a man, all I see is people chasing this sameness, which is actually a denigration of the uniqueness, which is the actual attraction to the individual in the first place. Mm. And you see this like collectively play out in the culture now that doesn't mean that you can't bring out the best of your own attributes your own muscular structure or hit the you know resistance bands and build your own glute muscles in the way that you want to build them or you know braid your hair in the way that you want to braid it or do your own version of what that is mm -hmm. but it gets to be really shadowy and undermining of like the essence of this unique flower when you try to become a different flower mm -hmm. and think that there's one flower that is the universal attractant and everybody needs to just chase that thing. It's just the absolute backwards mindset. Mm -hmm. We're fed artificial glamour. Everywhere we look, we're fed this artificial nature of, of beauty. Um, we see, you know, our role models that are, you know, very famous and uh, there's just a certain level of literally transforming, like, not to throw them under the bus, but just to mention them because they're sort of like the place front and center being the Kardashians, for example. Like, everything has been changed about them, whether it's their bottoms or their lips or their hair or their, like, everything is just, like, surgically changed. And then there's like a it's like a success or a celebration around um placed on beauty and um if you are beautiful then you will get the man and then you will have be provided for and it's like a survival mechanism well it's 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 also the wrong definition of beauty 
Right. So there's artificial glamour and then there's authentic beauty. Right. And authentic beauty, I truly b believe, is born from how much you love mm. yourself, authentic in life, and others. Someone is so attractive to me when they love people. Mm. All of a sudden, doesn't matter what flesh puppet they were incarnated into, mm. all of a sudden they become beautiful. I'm like, wow, you are such a beautiful human because you love people so mm. much. I'm so attracted to you, as opposed to the general consensus, which is rooted in unworthiness. Tell us about your own journey to like finding the authentic Vailana beauty. Because, you know, that's also been another journey that's been beautiful for me to see is for you to trust deeper and deeper yeah. how beautiful the Vailana is and as you've trusted how much how beautiful the Vailana is the more beautiful you've come you've become to yourself to me to everybody around you to the whole world mm. and the whole world now looking at you like god damn she's beautiful thank you you know so my journey to what I feel is my own authentic beauty took a really long time. Um, I grew up Tahitian dancing. And when I was young, my hair wouldn't grow. Like, you know, I was very young. I was like seven. And all the other dancers just had this thick, black, long hair down to their butts. And, and I was an amazing dancer and I loved it so much. But just like from that very young age, just being like, well, my hair doesn't grow that long. And I, you know, I would sit in the bathtub and, you know, put it down my back and just kind of pretend I was them. And so it kind of like incepted this idea that of like not enoughness from really early on. And um, I started getting extensions when I was 17 and I had them until I was 30. And it's actually kind of a funny story because, you know, at that point in my life, I was going through a big transition financially and I didn't really have the money to upkeep, you know, the hair extensions and my nails and my lashes and all these things that I did to, to sort of um, like keep up with the times and, and, and what essentially Instagram beauty was and everything I was surrounded by. And so, you know, out of pretty much necessity, I just kind of stopped everything. I stopped coloring my hair. I took all my extensions out. And it was interesting for a little and this while. This is like four years ago. This is like four years ago. This was when I, or five years ago. This mm -hmm. is when I was like 30, 30, 31. And I just stopped. And soon enough, like after my hair was a little bit, you know, less damaged, I started loving just feeling natural. Like I would let my hair be curly. I stopped doing my nails, no more lashes. And I just woke up and I could actually like see the shape of my eye again. And something about it just felt, oh my goodness, something about it felt like I discovered a part of myself that I never really allowed myself to even feel before. Because when I was little, you know, it's like, I don't even remember what the magazines were called, like Cosmo or like whatever those magazines were. It's like everything that you're looking at, all this feedback of like what's glamorous, what's successful, you know, what is loved by the world is, is this particular type of, of image. And, you know, I always wanted to be a singer. So pop stars like Christina Aguilera and, you know, Britney Spears. And it's like, I wanted to wear makeup when I was at a really, really early age. And it was just like the, the, the feedback that I received from the world is like, this is what makes you beautiful. And so I did that for forever. I used to freaking literally wear my hair in like a, like a, like kind of like Jersey Shore 
style like teasing and it was black and I look back at pictures and I'm like, oh my God, it's so crazy. Um, but yeah, over, I mean, it took probably about a year to really feel like comfortable in my own skin in a natural way. And then some part of me felt a little ashamed. Like I can't believe I never allowed myself to just feel myself naturally. And, you know, and, and now it's like, I'm happy to wake up and just totally be in my own skin. But I think a lot of that also has, has come from, you know, my, my journey of self-love, my journey of, of recognizing my, my worthiness and my enoughness. And, you know, exactly as, as Blue and you were speaking of, like, I am one of one. I am the only person that can ever be me, you know, in the history of the cosmos. There will literally never be another Vailana. I am that unique facet in the diamond of God. So why would I try to be anything else outside of myself? And that doesn't mean, you know, obviously I put on makeup for podcasts and I style my hair and, you know, it's like Blue, Blue expresses herself through this like wild primal, like she's got her dreads and her feathers. And I love wearing my medicine hat and crystals and turquoise, you know, like there's, there, there are preferences that I have, but if I'm completely bare and I walk out of an ocean and I have no makeup on and, you know, it, it's like, it, it feels, Think everybody it feels, listening just feels, imagines you bear walking out of the ocean. Okay. You're welcome, everyone. It's, it's, it just feels there's there's a there's just like a beautifully there's a beautiful there's a beautifully liberating experience that you can have to just see yourself totally bare and find love for it because it is your natural authentic beauty. And you know, in in the creation of my visual album, um, one of my songs is called Phoenix and um, is actually my first single that I released in August. And um, I wanted this video to be a celebration of the feminine. You know, the whole journey, the whole album takes you through the arc of, um, of a journey and a story. And this last song is like the Phoenix rising moment of this realization of, you know, I have, I have, gone through my darkness and recognize how it forged me like the diamond of who I was meant to become and the realization that I am. And that's all I ever need to be every single moment. And in, in envisioning who I wanted to bring to be a part of the visual album, it was like, who are the women in my field that I am inspired by? They weren't the women who were the most glamorous they were the ones who, like, I have seen them in moments where they have captivated me because they are so authentically themselves. One of the women that was in my in my video, her name is Angie. Um, she is just one of the, she's one of the most inspiring women that I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen her just be the fullest of her expression you know, no matter what the container, she goes out and goes ham inside of on it. And she's, she's beautiful and her heart is pure. And it just like pours out onto anyone that comes into contact with her. Like, that's what I feel as beauty. That's what I feel is the embodiment of, of what I want to exemplify to women. It's like, you know, like glamour and preference and all that can be fine and no judgment to, you know, anyone's path. But it's like, there is a, there is a next, there's a next evolution of like the, the recognition of what true beauty is in my opinion. And, and, and honestly, the way that 
I see it, the beauty that I'm surrounded by that makes me feel excited and inspired. And, and it, it has everything to do with blue set. It has everything to do with how much you love. It has everything to do with how much you are true to yourself, how authentic you are, how vulnerable you are. You know, in that moment where I told blue about all of my shadowy aspects of myself, did she look at me and think that I was ugly? No, she fell in love with me more. That's like the kind of, um, that's the kind of beauty that, that really moves me and, and the beauty that I've, I feel like I've really found in myself. Yeah. This is such an important first step in the goddess rising is that the goddess rises together. Because mm-hmm. if each goddess is trying to keep the other goddess down, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Right. So the goddesses have to come together. The feminine principle, mm-hmm. you know, just speaking at large, has to come together to support the rising. The other step, however, is what the role can be for the masculine in supporting the rise of the goddess, mm-hmm. whether that's the masculine principle internally, but also men as they express that and support what we inherently know, at least many of us know is necessary. Like what is, in both of your opinion, the highest articulation of how the masculine can support the feminine and the goddess in their rising? You want to take the baton first, baby? Sure. Or you want me to do it? I mean, I can I can definitely speak to my own experience. Um, you know, I've I've been in partnerships where me being in the brilliance of my light, uh, whether it be with my voice, whether it be, you know, my gifts as a medicine woman coming online, um, you know, anything that was uh really expansive for me as a feminine expression. You know, I've been in, in, in relationship where anytime I would kind of express that brilliance, it was like, it was almost threatening for that person and anything that they could do to kind of like keep it smaller and keep it safer so that they felt safe because of their own sense of unworthiness and not seeing their own brilliance. You know, it was, it was crippling for me, you know, to feel like I'm, I'm really, I'm really expressing like the fullness of, of my soul. And then to just kind of feel like my legs get cut out from underneath me. Like I, I really understand the contrast of what it is not to feel supported by the masculine. Um, fast forward to our relationship and your trust and belief in me beyond everything else has helped me to believe so much in myself that my gifts have just continued to evolve at at what sometimes feels like quantum paces because you trust so much in the goddess that comes through me. It's not this egoic sense of like, this is what I can do and this is happening. This is like, no, you trust the goddess that comes through me and you see her and you honor her and you encourage her. You don't try to put out her fire because that makes you feel less about yourself. You feed, you fuel that fire and you're like, yeah, burn, baby, burn. Mm. Um, The other aspect is, you know, when I was moving through a lot of um, 
integrating some some shadow aspects of my expression and particularly, you know, sort of um, unintegrated or like reactive anger or coldness or, you know, certain dynamics that we've had in, when we've been going through difficulty. There is no part of you that withdraws your love from me and shames me or makes me wrong for those moments. Um, there's been a part of you, you know, when my kind of like collie fire has, that's come out that has just been like, like, like bow to the power that is behind that. Not like we need to like, you know, continue the cycle of, of unintegrated anger, but like, there's this part of you that's like, it's like Shiva. Like I will hold you in all of it. I will not shame you for any aspect of yourself. I will hold you in however that you want to express, however you're being in every single moment. Like um, that part of you that doesn't withdraw love or exile me from love for many, you know, the full spectrum of my expression has also called forward the most beautiful parts of me and the part of me that is so willing to like, you know, work through whatever it is that I need to so that I could show up to our container with more love because of what, how you've been an example for me. Um, so those are, those are how I would say, you know, the masculine can really stand for the feminine and, and also just like being a, being a protector, being a protector of my sovereignty, a protector of me expressing in the greatest way. It's like, I, you know, over this last year and a half has, have birthed this art into the world that's about to fully, you know, be out for all to see. And you've been there with me through all of it, offering your unique gifts, your marketing skills and entrepreneurship and business mind and things that I would literally just like be pulling my hair out because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing is like, you're, you're, you're there with me. And it's valuable to you for, for you to share my message. It's valuable to you to share her message and all the powerful women in, in your world. It's not about like, you know, I'm the king, I'm the masculine, and this is what I have to offer. Like, it's like, you're lifting all the women's voices through any way that you can always. I mean, like if, if, I mean, I feel like your question is really just like listen to Aubrey Marcus's podcast and read his newsletter and and like get some clues because um, that you know really is my feeling that you really embody and and I've seen you um, you know we we call you uh, goddess doula and there've even been women in the container of fit for service that you'll have a moment with in breath work or you'll have a conversation with them and it's like there's something about the way that you love and honor and revere the feminine and the way that you see the goddess that comes through every single woman that is like this permission to call forward an even greater expression. And it literally is like birthing goddesses all over the place that are like, yeah, like I believe in the masculine again because he believes in me. And now I can actually feel the courage to like really express myself and my truth and rise as the goddess. So that was a very long answer, but I was very passionate about it. So um, thank you. 
<laughs> Thank you. Well, it's, it's my honor. And, you know, I got the question and I know, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, Blue, but just to respond to that. Um, I wasn't at least intentionally setting this up to be an Aubrey, an Aubrey <laughs> celebration I moment. But, I uh, told us to do this before the podcast, by the way. He made question. a sign <laughs> an agreement before we was like, do you want to be on my podcast? Just going to fan my flames for about 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's clear is it's not at all the reason why I'm doing it, but it's a consequence of me doing it. The more I raise and support the women around me, the more I'm looked at in all of the ways that I've always wanted to be looked at in my whole life as a man, as a king, as a, as a leader. It's, it's like the more you're of service, you know, the more actually people the more you humble yourself and like put yourself in service, the more people lift you up mm -hmm. rather than vice versa. The old model of push everybody else down so that you're higher. Mm -hmm. It's another model. And the more I, the more I'm into it and I do it because of my innate nature. And, and actually I, we had a question at the summit at the relationship workshop where uh, a woman asked, she said, I have heard that, in order for a man to come into his, you know, to come into his king, which is just a metaphor for being like the highest expression of the masculine, the divine masculine in many ways, it can mean other things, but that an initiated woman has to initiate them into their kingship. Yeah. And so, and then, and then she followed that by saying, and then I've heard that women have to initiate themselves. And I didn't, I didn't really understand that that was a part of the zeitgeist and maybe it was just a story that she'd had or maybe it is a part of the zeitgeist. Maybe there's some kind of thread that's in the collective that's trying to say that. And then she asked, she said, you know, so, you know, tell me, you know, if, if this is true, how Vailana has initiated you into becoming the king, becoming the king that she saw, you know, and she, you know, imagined at least, at the very least, that I, that I am. And I thought about it for a second and I realized that she was, there was a true but partial response to that in that I do think that the masculine needs to be initiated by the feminine to actually step into their full kingship. But as much as you've helped me grow and become the man that I was, it started with my grandma and my mom. Mm. Like it started with my grandma and my They're mom. All over your blueprint. Yeah, exactly. Strong. Exactly. And because of that, I had a massive, massive advantage, yeah. you know, a massive leg up where I didn't require, you know, a partner to, to bring me, you know, initiate me through that. And actually, mm -hmm. I could start the process of helping to support women from the drop, mm -hmm. like right out of the bat, because. My grandma and my mom had held that down for me for so long. So would I have been able to do that without the feminine in some form? In this case, I was lucky that it was through my family, like bringing that through me. It would have been very difficult, but yeah. it doesn't have to be from a partner. Mm -mm. So, and then therein lies the next aspect of the question, which is 
all right, well, what if you didn't get that from your mom or your grandma, which is a common story? And what if you're just in a relationship? And it kind of, I kind of got the idea that it doesn't have to be like one complete initiation then pass to another complete initiate, or you can kind of both just inch up like a little kind of inchworm, each initiating each other just a little bit and kind of rising together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it has to be a, a togetherness process. And I think that's actually a much better way to look at it. But in some way or another, the masculine has to have that deep reverence for the feminine to be truly in support. Mm -hmm. So I 100% agree. When I see you, I see your mother and I see your grandmother and I see them loving you and hugging you and reinforcing you when you do something great when you're playing soccer or something like this growing up and mum's on the sideline going go arms go I just feel that laced into your workings and the way that now translates to how women feel in your presence I've witnessed my sisters over this summit show up for the first time in service and talk to me afterwards and go being in the presence of Aubrey, being seen by him and celebrated for my gifts is allowing me to access more of my gifts in his presence. That is the greatest gift you could ever give anybody. And the women that chose love in your family are in the very fabric of your DNA of allowing other women to be able to see themselves in your presence. And so you were initiated by the goddess mm -hmm. just in different form than partnership. Now, you mentioned a really beautiful point here is that if... Say, for example, I'm estranged from my mother or that th th there is a man that has not had a relationship with his mother or is, is, is entangled and it's distorted and manipulative. There is always still opportunity for growth and healing. Um, and the first and foremost is the willingness to say, I'll do whatever it takes to truly be able to come into my heart. I will go to the dive to the depth, whatever it, whatever it looks like. And are you willing to do this with me? Are you willing to stand mm. in the fire no matter whatever comes up? But it has to be a mutual agreement. Like I have to sit with the person and say, okay, whatever it takes, I'll be with you and ride through all of this. There are going to be certain boundaries around it. Please do not project your experience onto me. I'm not a purge bucket. Um, these are the certain requirements in the sense of like, if you are willing to go all in and do whatever it takes, if you're not willing to take ownership and go all in and do, willing to do whatever it takes, and that's also a boundary. But to actually meet someone that says, okay, I'm willing to fight for this and let's go all in. And there's a full willingness and a full accountability on either side. Anything could be healed. I truly believe that anything yeah. in the presence of two people that are willing to be a stand for love can alchemize out of the field and it doesn't just alchemize for that individual it alchemizes for the whole bloodline yeah it's extremely powerful i think the you know the masculine is one of the aspects of the masculine is order and order always seeks to tame chaos mm -hmm. it's the nature of technology seeking to tame the wild chaos so much of our mythology is based on you know the kind of masculine order being imposed on the wild chaos of the feminine and that's a part of the story that needs to be rewritten. It's part of actually the mythology that needs to be rewritten because what I see is actually a higher order that comes through the feminine 
that's an order that's beyond the mathematics of my logical mind, beyond even what my masculine mind could even come up with. And yes, there is some structure. There's a start time and an end time to a ritual. There's a, you know, there's certain things that you, that I might organize, you know, around to create like a structure of a container. But within that container, you know, we had so many powerful women leading the breath work and some powerful men as well. But it, the invitation was full magic you know, full power, just bring everything that you can into the, into the structure of this container and to really trust that. And I think for the masculine, it's not only an initiation from the feminine that's embodied, but it's also like a deep trust of the wild feminine in general you know, the goddess at large, the, the hidden, the hidden mathematics in the chaos of the universe, and to really trust that as well. And I think it's a bit of a combination of both. And that's what allows me to really respect and value the gifts that come through, like both of you, for example, you know, is that I trust that you're tapping a wisdom in a source that's of a deeper intelligence than even my logical mind can access and it doesn't mean that i trust it blindly and then it's like i'm not like you sure sure about that and you're like i don't know <laughs> you know but nonetheless i my default is to trust it and i remember actually like the first time i had like a really profound experience of that it was with a, a partner i had a very brief interaction with her name was amy and uh amy was really tapped in we did watch human together down uh down with don howard and you know i think very beginning of the polyamory journey with whitney and uh i remember we were in this situation and she said something to me she was like she analyzed the situation in a way like with people that i knew and i thought i had it all figured out and she was like she told me something i was like no that's not the way it is and she's like yeah it is and i go like what do you mean She's like, I just know. And I was like, what do you mean you just know? I'm like, uh, explain to me. Explain to me why you know. What's the evidence? Present your case. You know, <laughs> like we're, I was in the game of logic still at that point 10 years ago or whatever. And she's like, I just know. And then sure enough, like we didn't, we didn't stay, we didn't date for very long. But then sure enough, like a year later, it turned out she was exactly right. And it was impossible for her to have known any other way than to be like tapped into a greater listening, mm -hmm. you know, something else that was beyond. And I, and I think that was like a key important moment for me, you know, to realize like, whoa, mm. like she was, she just knew something, mm -hmm. she just knew it from a different, whole different structure and system mm -hmm. than I know things from. And gradually over time, especially knowing you both like i'm the, i'm now i come to expect that to a certain degree i never take it for granted but i just i just trust that there's another source of wisdom that's available that is as valuable if not in certain cases more valuable than any of the architecture of understanding you know what is real the ontology of life or or the way that you come into knowledge, the epistemology, how do you know that you know? There's just a whole other way mm -hmm. that's available that comes through the feminine. And then my belief in that, as, as somebody who could represent that kind of 
sharp order, you know, CEO of a company, leader of this or that, and putting things in boxes, which is what you expect, and suppressing that other knowing, I instead like encourage it to flourish. Mm-hmm. And then I think as the masculine encouraging that to flourish, it flips something in people's mind where they're like, oh shit, he believes in me? Mm-hmm. He who could represent the antithesis and the undermining of my belief, he believes in me, fucking A. I believe in myself, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's a that's a real invitation for the men listening. Is like your belief can go a long way. There's this uh, there's an archetype in the Gene Keys, um, the shadow of weakness and um, the gift in the city of like tenderness. And what I mean by that is that there's a with every expression there's a shadow, and then there's the the light aspect of it. You have it actually <clears throat> in your Gene Keys chart. And the weakness is to ultimately um, see women as objects and um, will have the hot girl on the arm that's like, you know, banging babe, but like not really a whole lot going on on the inside. But like, no, it's okay. I just use it for the image kind of essence and sort of using women for the sexual desires and having many around and being sort of that like player, you know, and it's like very, you know... um, highlighted in hip-hop culture um, and and just sort of, you know, music culture at a whole. However, where the tenderness, which you are a tender warrior, the tenderness and actually true power is born in seeing women and ultimately women seeing themselves as the oracle, as the ability to tap into that deep knowing that is beyond all form. And that is where true power lies. That's where you can build places like the house that we're in right now. This isn't just a home. This is a kingdom, a queendom of healing. This is founded on equality and care and love and supporting women to step into their truth, to receive that you get to receive our guidance and our wisdom that is born from the power that we gave ourselves in your presence. Mm -hmm. So it creates this like equilibrium, um, like field that feeds itself because of the acknowledgement you give to the women when they are truly tapped into their truth, we receive ourselves and then feed you. Mm. And so now you move from weakness into tenderness and true sustainable power. Mm. You are at the leading edge of the paradigm shift in how you relate to the women in your life and how you have allowed the transmutation over and over and over again of the jealousy to allow the women in so that he can actually support the women rising Mm -hmm. because you two are so solid in your relationship. This isn't going anywhere. (laughs) And your ability to transmute anything that was in competition frequency into full acceptance has allowed him to be in his dharma to uplift the women around him, to uplift everything that he's doing from this point forward. It's remarkable to witness my friends come to Fit for Service and witness both of you and watch my worlds collide and walk away feeling more empowered, more connected with their truth, more permission to shine as brightly as they want to, feeling honored and seen by Aubrey, feeling cherished by you, and feeling completely clean about it. 
Mm. What a gift mm-hmm. you give to people mm-hmm. through your love and through everything you've transmuted so that we can truly step into our truth. I think that is what true service is. Mm. Mm. There's this, if again, if you're in the story of rivalrous conflict governed by win-lose metrics, which is the story, the old story, the old story that suppresses everybody else in this kind of hierarchical, if you win, I lose, you know, I'm better than you or worse than you. It's all in these, these metrics. If you believe that, then that reality is going to actually just be a mutually suppressive construct. But in another reality, you know, as I'm saying, as you shift into that other reality, actually what you really wanted the whole time when you were playing the old game, which is to rise, actually you rise with everybody, not rise over mm-hmm. anybody, you know? And that, that like, that's the new story mm-hmm. of the goddess rising. And it's not that as the goddess rises, well, there goes men's position, Mm-mm. On down the totem pole, you know, we had our glory days, everybody, you know, and and, the, and this is, it's also the funny thing. And I think it's one of the shadows of this movement is like, you know, the, it, like people will say like the future of the world is women. And I'm like, no, like, that's just not true. It's balance. It's a balance. It's a rebalancing of the masculine and feminine principles expressed through all <laughs> beings. Yeah. I, you know, and like, that's the, that's the necessary aspect, but it, it can get shifted to into that same system of win-lose metrics, rivalrous conflicts, goddess rise. Well, if the goddess is rising, down go the men. And, yeah. You know, we had fun while it lasted, didn't we, guys? <laughs> you know, goddess is rising. Fucking A. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, there's also like a... There's also just an acknowledgement, I mean, at least on my end for, as I said earlier, for this this entire birthing of this art, like, I needed you. I could not have done this without you in all the ways. I don't have a, a single day or a single moment that I'm not counting my blessings for being able to do this by the, you know, the the freedom that I've had to create this the way that, you know, I wanted to because of the hard work and blood and sweat and tears that you put in for years to be able to just be, you know, free about how I wanted to create it in the way that felt the most aligned and, and exciting and most beautiful. Like I, I, I needed your masculine polarity to be the embodiment to call forward my own to guide me, to teach me. I'm not trying to like overpower and take on both, you know. I'm 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 dancing in in both of those worlds with whether it be, you know, the back end of releasing music or in the full like creation mode, but like I needed you. I could not have done any of this without you and to believe that, you know, the the future of the world is only women is like it's 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 ignorant. You know, what the world needs is the balance. And and I feel like, you know, our relationship dynamic really expresses that because we both hold the feminine and masculine poles very strongly and we also simultaneously dance in the opposite polarity. But, you know, it's the it's the union that is the portal to God and greatness. Yeah, it's the, you know, it's it's the 
emergent principle of balance, which creates a whole new field. That's not one or the other, but both interfused and suffused into creating, you know, it's what Robert Grant talks about with alpha and omega merging to form chi. So it becomes mm-hmm. alpha chi omega, the trinity. And mm-hmm. the trinity, you know, that emergent field, the chi, where they cross the X, where they cross and become a whole new field. Like that's the future. That's the future of the world. I did once see a t-shirt that says the future is female ejaculation and I really resonate with that. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely a big part of the message. <laughs> it's an important t-shirt. We'll it's probably funny. distribute that. Um, yeah, we should make hats. <laughs> Let's get some hats. <laughs> the, to, th- to speak to the archaic nature of the mindset, I mean, the suppression of female pleasure mm. I mean, talk about fucking insanity, right? Whoa! You need a lobotomy. Like it's what? What in? What insanity? You're ill. Is is that? I mean, that's like it's like a deep, deep pathological mental illness, like the genital mutilation where yeah. they perform clitorectomies. And I know there's lots of people who want to rush to say, oh, "How can you can't speak to that outside of your culture?" and blah 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 with deep respect i respect all the cultural values of things but there are certain things that according to first principles and first values of the cosmos i think are wrong and the ideas are misled and that doesn't mean that i don't understand that there are certain women because of the cultural indoctrination want to do that Mm -hmm. but it's just like if, if a culture believes in human sacrifice to change the fucking weather patterns mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's okay. If it believes in infanticide, it doesn't mean that that's okay. And if it believes mm-hmm. in, you know, cliticide, I don't think it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's just one extreme example. And I don't want to get into the cultural argument about this, but it's like part of the zeitgeist and it circles all the way back to Iran, which that's not their path. They have a different path of hiding the feminine in, in certain ways and forcing that upon them. But it's all based on this very shadowy jealousy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we're so we're so blessed to be in our position not to deal with that depth of intensity. Mm-hmm. But if you look around, it's still fucking happening mm-hmm. in our world, you know, culturally, not just criminally, as in sexual slavery and the different things that are happening. Of course, that's criminal and still kind of happening, which is horrible, and all of the different sexual abuses, all that, again, criminal, but that's different than cultural, which is like still exists and has been a part of culture for so fucking long. And so that shirt is revolutionary in some places, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Is everybody like the universal, the universe, the universal response to female orgasm should be hooray <laughs> universally it's what god's More saying it's what everyone it's like what the whole universe is the whole universe is like <laughs> when that happens like yay yeah you've reached a peak moment in your human form experience yeah <laughs> but the fact that 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 is this it exists because there was an something that wasn't obvious about that mm-hmm. in the past and you just think about that and you're like wow Sometimes it's easy to forget, be in our own bubble and forget how fucking backwards it's been Mm -hmm. for so long and how it still is in certain places. 
we had a really powerful experience doing Fit for Service this time with Layla's workshop. Yeah. With uh, diving deep into everyone's sensuality and sexuality. And uh, and I personally like really found an edge in that workshop being asked to be a demo for that the exercises on the stage in front of everybody. And I just saw like my, also my, my whole background around my relation to sex, my sexuality, um, being witnessed in it, the danger of that, the danger I can attract because of that. Um, and in real time, within like a, a couple of hours turnaround from the moment she asked me to stand on stage and to do the demo to actually doing it in front of everybody, the amount of um, fear that I had to work through to actually step in but also recognizing that the visual I got, I did a meditation beforehand and the visualization that I got was that if a wheel wants, it needs to move forward. And it's say if it's got like a few spokes on the wheel, you've got like this one spoke representing finances and one spoke representing your service to the world and one spoke representing health and wellness and one spoke representing sexuality and, and liberation. Well, I was like, my spokes like super solid and like all of these. And then this one spoke was kind of like, like just like broken a little bit. And it's like watching the wheel trying to move forward with one of the spokes a little bit broken. It was like, doo -doo, doo -doo. and I was like, huh. So I have an opportunity to strengthen this spoke right now mm. in front of all of these people for myself to actually liberate this energy that has run way longer than I was even thought of. Um, but in real time, I have an opportunity to transmute it through my body. And Layla gave us these, these incredible um, exercises, which was one of them was like to place our arms in the air and to align ourselves with the highest express expression of our orgasm and the highest expression of our, of our pleasure and to let it rain down upon us all of the gifts of what it truly means to be in our ecstatic bliss. And then from there to go down into the earth and to purge everything that isn't that. And I remember coming down from the heavens, down to the earth, and I almost physically threw up. Like I was like, Whoa! and I was crying and I was retching and I was like, oh my gosh, there is so much in me. And I'm seen fully as the privileged, liberated woman of, of the West. I mean, I really am. And yet it still runs so deep in my, in my psyche, in my field. And of course, we are very like privileged to, to have the expression that we have considering what's happening on the planet. But also, again, like this runs within us. But yet when I went up there and, and, and really allowed myself to move the orgasmic energy through me in a public space, um, what I was doing, I felt, was uh, I came back to the quote from Peter Crone that said to me once on my podcast, our vibrational state is our contribution to the collective. And in that moment, I... Everything that was not my pleasure in my body that was taking away based off of somebody else's bias or perspective. And when I then finished the workshop, I was like, huh, way more accessing my pleasure. And that was my vibrational contribution to the collective. So that is service. Mm -hmm. That is healing for the world mm -hmm. for me to actually find my own pleasure. Um, and so we need more safe spaces to feel our pleasure. I think it's super important. Yeah.
And it's so heartbreaking to see what's happening with uh, women and, and having the genitals mutilated. Um, it's heartbreaking. And there's something we can do about it. Mm-hmm. We can liberate our own sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, that that workshop was was really powerful. And speaking of pleasure, it's, you know, there's a there's a teaching from uh, from Mark Gaffney again, and it's it's a teaching that stood out when I was reading one of his unpublished works, um, you know, that'll hopefully come out in about a year, somewhere around there, called The Phenomenology of Eros. And it talks about that the ceiling on your pleasure is your dignity. And Vi and I like meditated on that for a while. The ceiling on your pleasure is your dignity. Oh, that hits. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I was like, dang. I'm like, oh, I feel so attacked <laughs> yeah. by that statement. <laughs> yeah. And and dignity, you know, so we talked to Mark about it. Dignity is simultaneously worthiness. Yeah. It's your worthiness. But it's also it also implies a certain sense of your own royalty, your own mm. coming into your full like i like knowing yourself as the good true beautiful aspect of the cosmos which has this kind of regal aspect not mm. like not uh pretentious reg- like regalness but like the true king or the true queen who like knows themselves to be fully worthy and an embodiment of all of all pleasure and so that's in the background, and then Layla's leading us through this. And first of all, as Layla's leading us through this, I'm thinking like, ah, you know, like I'm kind of the host of the container. I can probably just hold space or check it out. And I was like, Aubrey, stop being a little fucking whiny little baby and do the damn thing. Like fucking go for it. And and so I'm going for it, and I you know, she's asking us to bring these different things up, like moving between the ecstatic bliss of the pleasure of the cosmos and also all the, any place where there's shame and any place where there's anything else. And what I found was that there was an impingement upon my dignity that was based on the fact that I still, up to that point, would occasionally watch porn. You know, Vi would go to sleep, or actually it happened recently because she actually got injured falling off a horse so it was didn't fall off the horse the, the horse, horse fell, fell off with me on it and slammed me under the ground and it hurt my ribs real bad yeah she hurt real bad oh, hurt real bad she was, hurt, real bad. She, she was injured real bad i was injured so bad. she was injured real injured, bad injured, injured bad she was injured bad <laughs> it was hard to walk <laughs> she was injured bad <laughs> he was injured bad <laughs> she was injured bad and she was injured bad and i have a tough time i have a tough time sleep like my sexual expression like allows me to release a lot of energy and allows me to go to sleep in a, in a way. And she was, you know, she's kind of out of commission. So she would fall asleep a little early. And I was like, damn, well, I'll take care of this myself. So go online, you know, watch some porn, take care of myself. And I don't feel it in the moment, but I know that somewhere I'm participating in an energy of the commodification, not the authentic beauty of the feminine, but the commodification mm-hmm. of the feminine mm-hmm. for gratification. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm not like, I'm passively supporting the, that, that process, I'm still participating in it. And what ended up coming through me, and again, I've, I've had, you know, we've known participants, you know, who are porn stars. And it's not, it's not all this 
as people think it is. Like it's all forced and it's all, there's a lot of people who really celebrate that and celebrate, you know, their own erotic expression through that. And, and so I think it's important to not let it fall into all these stereotypes, but as a whole, there's a participation in it, which doesn't quite feel right to my own dignity and my own, also my own feeling towards the feminine. It's not like I'm lying to Vailana about it either, you know, and like we have an issue about that either, but there in that, in that ceremony, I found myself on the ground, hurt, like pure purging, like vomiting, nothing energetically. It was just spit and like suds coming out of my mouth ultimately, but it was that, and it was that, that kind of part of my dignity that, that I wasn't able to carry because of what I knew about myself that I know is now going to open up even higher levels of pleasure that I'm available to access. And that's the kind of this magical alchemy that I could see happening where the ceiling on my dignity was then lifted because I made like a deep vow and commitment, like I'm done, done, done. Like it's, that's a, that's a wrap. And I've played with that before, but I haven't mm-hmm. had a strong enough really reason to do it. I couldn't feel it. It's like, I think this is probably not, but I'm a passive participant. What's one more viewer on Pornhub? You know, like there's a very pragmatic way. He's like, ah, who knows? It's all right, whatever. You can justify a lot mm-hmm. of it. But to actually like go through that purge process and feel how that energy actually was in me, not like imagine that, yeah, it's probably not good for my energetic body, but to feel myself purge it. Mm-hmm. And then to also have that linked to the understanding that not only do I want to purge this energy, but that's actually going to be linked to how much pleasure I allow myself to feel mm-hmm. in the ecstatic sexual act, then it, it became really, really clear. It was like, okay, and so it is, and so it is done. Mm-hmm. And there's so much work that can be done, you know, by you know masters like Layla and so many masters that exist out there. I mean, she's definitely one of the best. <laughs> but like, this just a small vignette about you know, what is possible in the, in this kind of container that can be set. It's using, it's just con- approaching these issues like head on directly. And she wasn't asking any of that. And it wasn't like directing you or it wasn't a vilification of pornography. It wasn't any of that. It was like, go in, feel inside yourself what's there and actually purge what's there. And I'm not one to be riddled with you know try to attack myself with shame i don't have a puritanical upbringing or anything masturbation is never an issue with me you know like never been never been part of my being but i could feel that this was real and i mm-hmm. f- could feel myself move through it and that gave me actually like the ability to actually make a fundamental shift which i know is going to f- deeply impact and i've already started to feel that weaving its way through into into my life and i'm just like super grateful for that and i know i don't know if you want to share it but i know that you had it also your own powerful experience in yeah. the ceremony as well yeah there was um there was a in in one of the expressions you know we were kind of able like through breath work and just like moving moving your body um to just sort of uh move these different kind of shame plexes i guess you could call it and um, what I could actually feel that was a thing that I was 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 carrying was, um, you know, I had a very toxic relationship in my early twenties where um, it was 
brutal, but it was very uh, driven by the makeup sex. And so there was actually this part of me that had a kink of like, I hate you, but like the fucking in in the I hate you. And it was like so cross-wired and twisted. And like, there was just some really interesting energy there for me that um, I've had, you know, I've, I've sort of been witness to aspects of it, but my body was just moving itself just really naturally. And that's what I was feeling and, and being able to, you know, go through that full process where it was a full journey with, you know, with breath and movement and, and many different things um, to really like, purge the part of me that felt shame with myself for my own desire to like hate fuck essentially. Um, and how, you know, in the same way that that was a ceiling on my dignity, because if I feel pleasured by this thing that I literally like, and, and hate is a really strong word. I don't ever use that word towards anything, but the energetics of what I felt in that situation, I would name as that. And, and it's not a word that I use very loosely. Um, but the intensity of the energetics, you know, that's what it felt like. And, um, and there was a part of me that was ashamed for finding pleasure in something that was so just brutal for me and continuing to allow it to unfold, um, because I was addicted to that type of kink for, for whatever reason. And, and, and ultimately, yeah, it was, it was really able to just, um, move it out through tears, move it out through like coughing. And, and it was a, it was a heavy, heavy energy. Um, and just super beautiful just by going into a practice where there's no plant medicine involved. Everyone is in the same container of absolute vulnerability and willingness to like fully go there without feeling you know, judged by anyone else in the container or ashamed that like, am I, is this okay to do whatever? Like everyone really was just so committed and, um, and the shares afterwards, you know, which I won't share, but it was so inspiring. It's like such an inspiring, inspiring thing. And, and, a reason why including this song and this piece of art about the sacredness of your sexuality was an important part of the arc of the journey of goddess rise. Like if we are disconnected from this superpower that we have, you know, like you're, you're disabling yourself in a sense to fully coming online and, and allowing the goddess to speak and move through you because, because it is such a, it is such a powerful force that you can literally just witness in Layla's embodiment. I mean, she walks into a room and you're like, well, yeah, she's like a constantly unfolding orgasm. I mean, (laughs) but like just her presence simply alone, like you feel Mm. how fully expressed she is and how she comes from the background that she comes from, you know, she has (laughs) severe trauma, which I don't know that she has spoken about publicly, so I'm not going to go there, but like to know, you know, what her wounding is and how she alchemized that into absolute power and being medicine for other people, that is goddess rise. Mm -hmm. She is the embodiment of the invitation completely. And so to be able to experience, you know, that Mm -hmm. container and just hear, you know, your guys' experience too, it was was potent for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think another thing to just let people know is, 
we all have our own unique kind of kinkplex, you could call it, you know, the thing that like turns us on. And the idea isn't to try and straighten out all of our kinkplex. And so we're all just into vanilla, you know, some yeah. uh, like some back, some upside down, yeah. you know, incepted way of getting everybody back to puritanical sexual values or anything like that. Like it's, it's not that, but what Vi and I were talking about shame. is, is actually shame, but also shame that was founded in something that we knew wasn't actually healthy. Mm -hmm. It was not actually mm -hmm. creating, you know, it was actually adding to the human suffering, mm -hmm. our own human suffering and the collective suffering in some way. It was participating mm -hmm. in an energy that actually increased suffering versus pleasure. And I think that's the differentiation between mm -hmm. whether it's something that's, you know, going to be offering something negative or positive to the world like whatever your kink is if you if that is expressed in consensuality and is that if that's actually bringing more aliveness and, and awareness and awareness beautiful like the goal isn't to purge all of that out like purge your attraction to this thing or that thing or your power exchange dynamics or all of that i think mean, you know vi and i have experienced the deeply deeply potent medicine of even extreme power exchange dynamics you know like what's possible in that which is when you talk about kink that's like on like the square in the middle of what people would think about in that kind of 50 shades of gray type of world of kink and how beautiful that is and that doesn't come up when you're actually doing the real work it's the thing that you know isn't quite right the mm -hmm. thing that you know that this is actually not healthy Mm -hmm. you know and your body knows it mm -hmm. and so it's your if your mind tries to think about it and then you'll you'll just be adding a layer of your own puritanical values to what you should or shouldn't be attracted to that's not it it's like something that you know deep inside and that's you know different for everybody mm -hmm. that that enriches and that that depletes yeah mm -hmm. exactly over the long term mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. well it's my absolute honor, love, and pleasure to have both of you in my family. And I say it all the time, but um, I don't think I would do hardly anything that I do if it wasn't ultimately to know that I was serving the goddess as the goddess was embodied in women and men and the whole collective. If it wasn't for my reverence for that, I would have no motivation at all to do fucking anything. And I'd probably just check out. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't really be worth it for me to be here. So mm -hmm. thank you for being the reason for me to want to fight and love and grow and be better. And, and, uh, and thank you for also making my life something that's really worth living in, in all the ways. And, so I love you guys both so much and deeply appreciate you. And, you know, I'm here, as you both know, to the very end. Love you. <laughs> and for everybody, Goddess Rise, available now, full album, out on Spotify, up on YouTube. The censors might try to come after it, but we won't let them. <laughs> we won't let them so it'll be up there so also vilana.com is a great place to go and access resources for the album 
Blue, is your podcast going to be in season when this comes out in November? I don't know when this comes out. In November? Possibly. Season three, Deja Vu podcast. Um, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. Um, the actual release date, we don't have an official date yet. So It keep, might be there. The... Yeah, it might possibly. But more so, let's just send all the energy towards my <laughs> yeah. release as well. It's a big deal. Don't walk, run. <laughs> um, it's a big deal. And uh, I had a moment listening to your uh, one of your songs when I was like going through it. And um, I uh, it was um, Phoenix, when it, Phoenix came out. And it had the ability to alchemize a sad emotion into a happy one by the end of the song Aww. i was like that is medicine music that's when you know <laughs> it has the frequency of the ability to alchemize what was once led into gold so like i said don't walk run go and uh get your hands well as you don't really get your hands on things anymore it's more so all just yeah. digital but you know what i mean it's important go do yourself a favor thank you <laughs> Goddess Rise. Thank you. Yes. Um, full visual album out on YouTube um, that tells the whole story, has all of the music and really potent invocations and declarations on behalf of the feminine. And um, yeah, I, my my ultimate vision, you know, now that the the music and the art is out is, you know, I, I see this as, as the seed of, of, of something that is much greater than just the art. I see it as the seed that has already, you know, been planted in Iran and this, 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 you know, the revolution that's happening of, of, of women feeling this in their DNA and ready for this massive shift within themselves and, and in the presence and, and love and support of their sisters. And, um, you know, eventually my website will have, a whole portal of, you know, if this, if this music, if this art inspires you, triggers you, activates you, any kind of energetic shift that you feel in your being and you want to do something about it, you know, this is where you can go. These are the offerings that I'm going to have. This is the offerings, you know, like I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea and I recognize that. And, and, and ultimately my desire is to just be my own unique medicine and serve in the ways that I know how through, you know, through, through, through my art and, and, um, my message. But, you know, this is where you can go to connect with all the powerful sisters in my field who are doing this work, who are embodying these codes, Blue, Layla, you know, Caitlin, there's Emily Fletcher, there's gonna be so many women that are that are going to be featured on my site um as soon as we build it out so that, you know, that you have the the resources to to go somewhere and to act mm -hmm. on what the what the art and the music may um may bring up for you. And so uh with with all the love in my heart, you know, this is this is the greatest way that I've ever known how to serve has been through the initiation and the process of the creation of this. And it is my deepest honor and excitement to share it with the world. So if you feel inspired, go listen to it. And um, I'd imagine that it will be in some way, um, in some way moving and, and activating. And, and it's been the greatest gift to be able to share this with you. Who doesn't want some Vailana Waska? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bye -bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this podcast with Vailana and Blue. Make sure to check out Vailana's new album, Goddess Rise, available everywhere where music is streamed or sold. And of course, follow Blue, Blue of Earth on Instagram and let us know what you think. Reach out to them. I love you guys and I'll see you next week.